That's right. That's right. He's a mighty God. My Lord, what a mighty God. Mighty God we serve. If you think for one moment that's what's going on around us has escaped his gaze, then you don't know how mighty he is. He's aware of what's going on. He's intimately aware of every circumstance. Every child of his has his attention. I know, I know it's difficult in a lot of different ways for you right now. And so for that reason, I thought that I would come and I need to divert from the sermon series that I've been on when I was talking about women in the Bible. While that is certainly an important topic, and I believe we've done some some uh, good learning and teaching from that area. Today, I think we just need to be together as a church family. Maybe just be together and just talk to one another. Some reassurance has to be done every now and then. Every now and then, I've seen it time and time again with my own children. They may not be doing anything important. They just want to come sit by you. They just need some assurance. Every now and then, they want to know that you're in the room with them, validating that everything is all right, and I came today to validate to you that God is sitting near us. He's not forsaken us. He knows what we need. He is not unaware that we're struggling right now, and that's everybody, every one of us is struggling with what's going on around us. And so I want to read for you a passage of Scripture that I believe highlights his assurance that he's with us. It comes from Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, the second one. Chapter 4, I'm going to read selected versions, selected verses between 8 and 18. Follow along with me, if you will. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 is where I'm starting. You may have a different version of the Bible, and it may read a little bit different, but my version reads, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself, together with you. All of this is for your benefit, and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. 
Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. I want to talk just a little while this morning around this long passage of Scripture with a simple message, the seen and the unseen. The seen and the unseen. I know it's a difficult time in the world, but you don't have to go in the world. You can just stay at your house. You don't have to leave your house to know how difficult things are right now. And anybody who's acting otherwise is not being truthful with you or themselves. These are strange times when you can't leave the house without face coverings on. When city governments are making mandatory face covering ordinances. When there are people all over the country who are dying from something that nobody can see. You can't feel it until it has you in its grips. And then it can simply snatch the life out of you. Not only that, it can aggravate underlying issues you may have had. And there are some who are walking around with this pestilence in them already who are not aware of it. These are strange times. Not only are the times strange because of the pestilence, the disease that's in our community, strange times because for some reason the cataclysmic episode that allows so many folks to be killed without us acting, asking questions all the time why seems to be escalating during this dangerous time. And it just so happens that a large majority of those who are killed look like me. They're African-American men who seem to be doing nothing except being, being, being African-American men. Doesn't help the fact that most of the time the perpetrator of those killings that we see all the time appear to be law enforcement officers. We're in strange times. But can I tell you, we're also in strange times when we seem to have lost the value of life in our community. When we're killing one another over cars and drugs and rap lyrics and things of that nature. We're struggling in our community. These things are all seen. We see them every day. People can't go sit on the porch without fear of shots being fired. People can't shop without fear of someone robbing them and trying to take what they have. We have struggles going on in our community. It's enough to put any Christian on edge. And these are folk who believe that somebody's watching out for them all the time. And I know you out there listening to me are in that line. Some of you believe that God's always got his eye on us. And I came to validate this morning that God is always taking care of us. Now, that doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to good people. That doesn't mean that we don't have issues. None of us join this Christian journey thinking that we would have a protective barrier around us. We knew that we would still have to go through some things, but we had the confidence of knowing that God would be right there with us and taking care of us. That whatever we had to experience, that God was going to go through it with us. It's difficult, but we serve a God who specializes in difficulties. When I look around this congregation and I see so many members who have health problems, I see people who are having work-related problems. Some of them have been more publicized than others. Their marriage is in trouble right now. Some of them will end. Others will get stronger and keep going. Children are having problems. If you think about all these situations too long, it'll get you down. It'll put you in a space where you start questioning some things. You may find yourself even in a fit of despair 
when you start thinking about where you are in your own personal life. And I've come to tell you today to remind you of a song that I often sing. I can't hear it except I hear it in Lois Thomas' voice, but I came to tell you right now to be not dismayed. Whatever be tired, God will take care of you. There's a children's game. They don't know it's a game. It's simply the nature of children to be curious. But any of you who have had children or been around them know they ask all the time, why? Why is such and such going on? Why? And when you answer that why, there's a deeper why that comes. And they continue asking the why almost exhaustively. Can I tell you it's not just a children's game? Adults have that same reaction with the Lord. We ask him sometimes, why? Why are these things happening in our community? God is not afraid of our questions because he knows all the answers. But sometimes the answer isn't as neat or pretty as you would think it would be. And so I've come today to talk to you from Scripture about the circumstances that may give rise to what we're experiencing now. Can I tell you this? While we're all going through it collectively, the experience may be uniquely different for each one of us. Can I tell you, some people are struggling during the COVID situation, while others are having the best business time of their lives. Everybody's not struggling when it comes to finances. Some people have lost their jobs. Other people are being hired right now. Everybody's not going through exactly the same way. While it's affecting us all, it's affecting us all differently. But be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, you need to know that God will take care of you. Can I remind you, do I need to remind you that trouble is not new to God's folk? You don't have to get down in the Bible long before you realize that trouble is always showing up in Scripture. In fact, the Bible tells us that man is of a few days and full of trouble. The Bible is full of stories of one person's struggle after another person's struggle. In fact, that's how we're introduced to the grace of God, Destiny. God shows up when people have been Flat, been put flat on their back. God shows up when the undertaker comes to your house and he has to show you that I can even change this circumstance. God shows up when people are thirsty and seem to have nowhere to get water. God shows up and he brings with him the resources that validate that only he can solve that circumstance. The Bible is full of those instances. Look at this. The Hebrew, Hebrew children were in a fiery furnace. And God showed up and they walked out and didn't even smell like smoke. Daniel was in a den of lions, hungry lions. And he walked out the next morning, having used those lions for his personal pillow. Da Joseph was cast into a prison and he walked out on his way to the palace and being number two in the kingdom. When God shows up, problems dissipate. Peter was sent to prison. But even in prison, he had enough about him to preach. He had enough about him to sing praises to the Lord. He had enough about him, even in prison, to give God glory. John was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, but even there, he gave us a revelation from the Lord that allows us to understand what the end times will be. James had his head cut off. David had to be put on the run from Saul, but even in so doing, he drew closer to the Lord. Can I tell you this morning that trouble comes, but it affects all of us differently. And when we look at this trouble that's affecting us right now, what is God saying to you? 
What's he saying to you individually? Because what he's saying to Karen may not be what he's saying to Andre. What he's saying to Alvin may not be what he's saying to Theris. What he's saying to Destiny may not be what he's saying to Anissa. What he's saying to Reggie may be completely different than he's saying to T. What's God saying to you this morning? There are things you see, but you need to learn to pay attention to the things that are unseen. Maybe, just maybe, you're like Clyde Gordon. He was completely paralyzed from his neck. But even in the state of complete paralysis, he was the editor of a magazine called The Triumph. And in it he said, Christ is no security against storms, but he is perfect security in those storms. He does not promise an easy passage, but he always guarantees a safe landing. That's our God. And somebody said that the road to success is always under construction. And it seems that those who seem to have it hard always get more done. Some people have been more productive during this time of crisis. Paul said to us as a reminder, and I want to read this in a 2020 language so you understand what Paul was saying all these many years ago, that there's nothing that's happened to you that's not common to man. But God is faithful. And he will not suffer you to be tempted above you that you are able. And with that temptation, that trouble, he'll always make a way of escape. Still true that God is taking care of us. And so what is it? What is it that he's saying? Maybe, just maybe, Anthony, God may be using the current situation to direct you. It's possible. It's possible that God may be directing you giving you some direction in this situation. That's my, that might be the purpose of this surge of problems that's happening right now. Sometimes God has the light of fire under people to get you moving. Problems seem to point us in a new direction, motivating us to make a change that we had otherwise been hesitant to make. But along comes the problem. God is maybe trying to get your attention Proverbs 20 and 30 says that the blueness of a wound cleanseth away evil, and so do stripes, the inward parts of a Bible. Trouble comes along and helps to clean up our decision-making process. Trouble comes along and makes clearer what God wants us to do. We might have been thinking about it, but God comes along, God allows trouble to come into your way and pushes you in that direction. The world can deceive you. But after a whole lot of serious bouts of trouble, we don't usually care about what folk think about us. No. Pride is plowed under. The world loses its value. Appetites for sin get out of the way when trouble comes. Look at the boy who left home, the prodigal. It wasn't until trouble came that he really evaluated what he had at the house. It wasn't until all his money was gone. Wasn't until his family was far away. Trouble landed on him, and that's when he started thinking just a little bit clearer. In fact, the Bible says pretty clearly right there in Luke 15, I think it's around that 16th verse, I might be off, but the Bible says, when he came to himself. In other words, when I was in that spot, I wasn't who I'm supposed to be. 
And God is using this trouble that I'm in to direct me into the space that he wants me to go in. Greater is there, but I got to get moving toward greater. Paul and Silas got out of jail. When trouble came along, they turned to the Lord and he made sure that he was the key that got them out. The Hebrew children came out of their furnace, but it wasn't until after they had been in trouble that the Lord made it happen. God may be directing you, or it's possible he's not directing you, perhaps he's just inspecting you. Maybe it's time. When I was in the army, commanders would use a little tool to assess the readiness of their soldiers. The tool was called an inspection. They pulled an inspection on them to make sure they were ready for the upcoming situation. They tell you, train, study, prepare yourself, be ready. But the only way to test if you were ready for the upcoming battle was to inspect you. And if you couldn't take care of the minor things, then it's probably going to be doubtful that you can take care of the major things. And so they would call a quick inspection and hold you to those standards. Maybe God is inspecting your life right now. Maybe he's telling you, you got too much extra in your life. You got stuff between you and me, and you can't hear my directions from you. And so this trouble is coming along to focus you, make sure that you understand what I need from you. People are like, it's been said before, Destiny, that people are like tea bags. If you want to know what's inside of them, just drop them in hot water. Has God ever tested your faith with a problem? Has God ever put you in a situation that calls on you to draw down on that prayer you keep saying but didn't really believe until that problem jumped on you? What do problems reveal about you? What's your response to them? Are you a prayer or a cusser when the problem comes? Do you sin while expressing your anger? Maybe God is inspecting you. Or oh, it's possible, it's possible. People don't want to go here because grown folk think they can do whatever they want to do. Maybe he's not directing you. Maybe he's not inspecting you. It might be that he's correcting you. It might be that he's got you in a space for you to examine your own flaws in decision making and actions and he's trying to show you you need to st uh, straighten some things out. Some lessons we only learn through pain and failure. It's likely that there's some children out there whose parents have told them over and over again that they need to correct something. And it's not until they actually go through something that they suddenly understand what mom and daddy were trying to say. You can tell a child, my friend, Pastor Tadara Jarman uses this all the time since we've been in high school. He says you can tell a child over and over again that the stove is hot. But that child's not going to really believe it until they touch the stove. And there are plenty of folk out there who are stove-touching people. No matter how much you are warned, you got to go through it yourself. It's almost like you were born in Missouri and you got to be shown what's going on. Sometimes we can only learn the value of a lesson by losing in a situation or experiencing it. Look, the psalmist said this. It is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Been saying to you, read your Bible, study up on God's word. Sometimes 
Sometimes correction comes and drives you to your knees and to the Lord. And for that, somebody ought to say hallelujah. I got to know you, Lord. There are plenty of folk who picked up a Bible when they got to jail. Even though somebody's been telling them all their lives, don't do what you're doing or you're going to end up in jail. Thank God for the situation. And thank God that there was a Bible in the jail when they got there. So maybe he's not directing you or inspecting you. Maybe he's not even trying to correct you. Maybe he's trying to connect you. Watch this. You don't have to raise your hand or admit it. Some of you have spent more time with the family God gave you during this period than you would have otherwise spent. Some of you have been taking for granted the people that God gave you. You pass like ships in the night. Work has gotten in the way. Play has gotten in the way. Everything has gotten in the way. And then God allowed COVID to come upon us. And now we're in the house. Some of y'all say stuck in the house. Other people are fortunate to have a house to be stuck in. While you complaining about being under a roof with all those folk, I pass folk every day who are using the overhang of a building as the roof they call home. People using the trees by a building as their home. Be thankful that God has given you a roof, even if you got to be stuck with someone. But watch this. Maybe being stuck with them has now allowed you to understand their value in their lives. You've slowed down just a little bit. You're listening to one another. You've actually heard your children and what they're going through. And some of you have been surprised to realize that you might actually like one another better than you thought. What your children were doing doesn't get on your nerves quite as badly now because you finally heard them, not in the context of running out of the house, into the car, to the next activity, but you've actually listened to them. And guess what? They're turning into the people you thought they would be. They're, they're actually trying to be what you prayed for them to be, but it's only because trouble came and connected you to them again. When somebody's seriously ill, their friends and neighbors will get, along, get around, check on them and make sure things are all right. Why does it always take trouble to draw us together like that? Maybe sometimes God uses that trouble for the connection. There's a song running back to you. My eyes are open wide and I don't have to cry no more. I'm running back to you, Lord, and that's exactly what's happening right now. Because of this trouble, not only are people connected, not only are people connected to their family, people have connected to church families that they have forgotten about. I've heard more folks say, I've been able to see not only my own church, but I've been watching two or three services on Sunday. Of course, it helps that those two or three services are in the normal time that it would take one service. But we thank God that you've been able to connect all over the country. People who haven't stepped foot in the walls, I mean, in the, in the physical structure of a church, have been in regular attendance in the cyber sanctuary. God uses trouble to connect us. And in fact, when you're sitting in the house all day long, Netflix is played out. Prime is not prime anymore. You're tired of regular TV. Maybe, just maybe, God's got your attention enough so that the last dance isn't your last chance for you to get online and hear something. 
maybe you can get something better than a documentary with the word of God. It's possible. Sometimes when people get bad news from the doctor about their physical condition, they take a renewed interest in church. Well, what if you make the whole world afraid of some bad news? And that's what God did. What only he could do is put us in a situation where we all are suddenly interested in church again. And so maybe, maybe, just maybe, he's directing you. It's possible that he's using this time to inspect you. It's even possible that you're being corrected from some activities you've been in. Maybe he's using it to connect you, and if that's the case, I'm so glad he's done that and you're here. But how about this? Some of y'all know that some of the conduct you've been involved in hasn't been good for you or your family, and so maybe God is using this time to protect you. It's possible that he's protecting you from some choices and some decisions you've made yourself. Maybe he had to make you, as we used to tell children, go sit yourself down somewhere. Maybe COVID is saying, go sit yourself down somewhere. I heard not too long ago about a friend who was working for a Fortune 500 company. He was always a studious guy, always dedicated to the task. And as I heard the bad news from him, that he had been let go by his company, I was saddened because he invested a whole lot of years in that company and had done good work, had even been celebrated at the company. I happened to run into him, and we had a conversation about what was going on. And he said, man, we got to a place where I had a supervisor who was asking me to do some things that were unethical. And because they were unethical, I had to uh, refuse to tell him that I didn't roll like that. And when I did, he set it up so that I got fired. But how about how good God is in this situation? About a year after that happened to him, the FBI rolled into the company and arrested everybody involved. So God used a firing to get him out of the situation, to protect him from what was going down. Yes, it was hard to be fired, but imagine how much worse it would be to go to prison. And so he was grateful in hindsight for what God had done to him. He had protected him. Watch this. Joseph told his brothers this, you meant it for evil, but God meant it unto me for good. And he brought it to pass so that this day I could be in position to save a whole lot of people. I'm paraphrasing, but God protected that brother, even though he had to go through something to get there. Maybe, maybe, maybe during this time, some of you have been struggling in your faith. He's not protecting you because you've been, you've been devoted. Maybe he's perfecting you right now. It's just possible that during this time of community struggle, your growth has been exponential. It's possible he's getting you to the place that he wants you to be in your walk and in your witness. Problems, when responded to correctly, can build character. And God is far more concerned about your character than your comfort. Your relationship with God and your character are the only two things that will be going with you into eternity. Watch this. Paul wrote this and said, and not only so, but we glory, glory, watch this word, we glory in tribulation. 
knowing that tribulation grows our patience and patience grows our experience and experience gives us reason to hope. David said this, O God, who is like you? Thou hast showed me great and sore troubles. You shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Psalm 71, 19 through 21. Romans 5, 3 and 4 was the scripture before that. Old Testament, New Testament, same God. Still blessing everyone in a manner to show them I'm using trouble. I'm using tribulation to squeeze out the goodness that I know is involved in you. The effect of trouble is a blessing to some folk. It was a blessing in disguise that came and helped you grow closer to the Lord. Trouble is a benefit of living a good life and being a servant of God. Paul said this, all these things work together for the good of them that love God. The good stuff and the bad stuff, all of it work together when I'm called according to his purpose. Watch this now. If you love school, know this, that the graduate degree in spirituality comes from attending the school of hard knocks. Last thing you need to know is this. It may be that God isn't directing you or inspecting you, or maybe he's doing all those things. Maybe he's not connecting you or pro. Uh, he's not perfecting you. He's not protecting you. Maybe he's trying to project you. Watch this now. There are some people who have gained a heightened profile during this time. There are some people who have been forgotten. Can I be secular on you? There are some folk whose music was in the dustbins of used to be. And COVID has come along again and revived their musical career simply because they got on the verses with Timbaland and uh, Swiss Beats. Now people are listening to their music again. There's a whole new generation that want to hear Babyface all over again. Some of us never forgot him, but can I tell you, he didn't need no more projection, but look at what COVID has done for him. Just like that, there are some preachers whose good voices have been stuck in the four walls of a church, and COVID came along and shot them into the cyberspace. And now the whole world is hearing about them because God is using COVID to project them to a whole nother generation of believers. God is using this situation to get the word out about his people. Some voices are being heard that have been shelled. Did you know that an eagle is one creature that knows how to take advantage of a storm? He knows enough that when the storm is coming, he gets up above the storm and then uses the wind of the storm so he can soar. Others might not be so smart and might be torn down by the winds and the waves that come from the storm. But when you're an eagle, you can live higher than you had purposed because you understand the purpose of what you're going through. There are unseen forces at work here, y'all. Don't just concentrate on what's being seen. Don't just concentrate on what you see going on around you. But know this, that God is paying attention and using his resources and his forces to bless you right now. Isaiah said this, that if we wait on the Lord, 
if we wait on him, then the Lord will renew our strength. We'll be able to mount up with wings as an eagle. We'll be able to run, and guess what? I can't imagine it, but it'll happen. I can run and not grow weary. Not only that, I can walk and not faint. Why? Because the Lord will be the wind beneath my wings. He'll be the breath that's in my lungs. He'll be taking care of me. There won't be anything that I can't do with the Lord by my side. He can't be seen, but the product of his work is all over me. He's at work in my life. And even when you don't recognize it and understand it, he's in the storm with you. It's calling us to rise above the circumstances that we see. Trying to teach us all to be water walkers. Tell us to get out of the boat. A whole lot of us envision ourselves as water walkers until the storm comes. But you got to get up out of the boat in order to be a water walker. Keep your eyes on him during the storm. Can I tell you, Nissa? in a few minutes, you're going to be going somewhere you've never been before. Can I tell you who's already there? Making preparation, getting the nest together for you. You better keep your eyes on him when you get over there because you won't be able to see them when you get there. The same crutches you've been depending on are not the ones that have been taking care of you. Can I tell you, he's already there. Yeah, I'm even here to say, Alvin, that God's at Southern University too. And you better know, he's taking care of his own children. Don't leave him here. Don't pack him in the closet and leave him behind. Make sure he's already there. Getting everything together for you. And when you do, guess what? He'll take care of you. Not only that, he'll bless you and you'll prosper. Trouble is simply the factory that God is using to manufacture the right type of product in our eyes. That's all. He's putting out believers. He's putting out soldiers. He's putting out warriors for the cause of Christ. We need to make sure that we're doing all we can to understand what he is doing in our lives. When Adam and Eve were in trouble, guess what? God stepped in and met their need. When Noah was having problems, his problems were solved because he dealt with the God who cared. Joseph was released from prison. Children of Israel were delivered through the, 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 the dry bed of the Red Sea. Elijah got the help that he needed. It happened to be rain that he needed. Only one who could give him rain was God. Paul and Silas were set free from jail. And God has his hand all over you. There's nothing that can't be done. Can I tell you this? There are some things that people need doing in their lives that can't nobody do but the Lord. Man can't even figure out what to do. There is a cure for COVID, but it's not in the laboratory. It's in heaven. And when God sees fit to allow somebody to discover what he allows them to have, then we'll have a cure for COVID. But until then, what's he doing for us? I can tell you this. It may be that God is not doing any of the things that I've talked about. I believe he is. It may be that he's not directing you or he's not inspecting you. It may be, Karen, that he's not correcting us or connecting us. It may even be that he's not protecting us or projecting us. But I stand here flat-footed to tell you one thing I know, and I'll go to my grave telling you this. He might not be doing any of those things, but I know for sure he's loving us.
I know he's loving us. I know he's doing all he needs to to make sure we know he's loving us. How do I know that? Because he gave us the best example he had in heaven. He loved us enough to give us his son, Jesus Christ. And when somebody loves you like that, there's nothing they won't do for you. My question today for you is, do you know that he loves you? Do you know that he loves you enough to do anything for you? And my question to you is, do you love him? Are you willing to follow him? Are you willing to do the things he asks you to do? Don't waste this opportunity to get closer, not just to your family, but to the Lord. He's waiting for you to turn toward him. He's sending all kinds of signals your way, saying, come back to me. Stand closer to me. Work for me. He's telling us he loves us. Do you love him? I know, I know, I'm struggling too. Why do some people we love leave here? It's not because he doesn't love us. No, 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 no. In fact, this is my reassurance this week, that even though we lost somebody we loved mightily, I am reassured that God loves us enough that one day we'll be with him again. We'll celebrate with him again, and guess what? Even though I can't sing on this side, I'll be in the choir on the other side, standing next to Jug, singing, holy, holy, holy. The Lord loves us. He loves us enough to have already made a way for Walter Miles to be with him in glory. But if you want to see him again, then you too need to prepare yourself to be in the same place. And the only way you can do that is by accepting Jesus Christ making him your own personal savior. I love him, and I want you to love him too. If you've never accepted him, it's simple. Just bow your head right now and pray what we call a sinner's prayer. We used to have to bring people into a building and bring them down an aisle so that the world could know. Can I tell you, while that is good and we'd love to see that happen, that's not the essential to salvation. What's essential is that you turn your heart toward Jesus, that you open your heart to Jesus and let him walk in. Acknowledge to him that you're a sinner and you need him to be your savior. You also need him to not leave you when that process is over, but walk with you every single day. And the Bible says that if you'll do that, you shall be saved. I know somebody out there is struggling this morning. You're scared. You might be by yourself. You might not have been able to get out in a long time. Can I tell you, Jesus is with you. He's blessing you and he loves you and he'll never leave you nor will he forsake you. God bless you today. So glad you came. Thank you for sharing with us in this time of purpose. And we want you to know that we're not perfect, but we're striving to be the friendliest church from the parking lot to the pulpit. God bless you and take care.